Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. The origin point of this novel, Light Perpetual, was the the endlessly repeated experience of of walking to my teaching job at Goldsmiths College in South London past a very ordinary looking 1950s brick branch of Iceland, um, which has got an extremely small discreet plaque on it, mostly hidden by a CCTV camera, this being South London, um, which, which memorializes the 168 people killed when a V2 German rocket fell onto a branch of Woolworths that was standing on that corner in November 1944. Um, single largest loss of life in, in this country from a from a V2. And, and you know, characteristic of the, the way that London folds its history away in, in plain sight. Um, an enormous tragedy, which is now part of the, the ordinary fabric of a, of a South London shopping street. And I've been looking at this plaque and being particularly haunted by the thought of the 15 children under 11 who were among the dead because it was a Saturday lunchtime and there had just been the first delivery of new saucepans in years and a great many mothers took their under school age children along to try and get hold of a pan and um, and they died in a in a, a, a tiny fraction of a of a second and did not get to 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 live to see the 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 rest of of the 20th century in london and the extraordinary changes that the city has been through since then so i wanted to write a book which well which did several things at the same time which um which performed a kind of ambiguous literary resurrection um just by waving the hand of fiction over it not over those literal children's lives because those are those are real people whose families are still around still being remembered in some cases still mourned so i invented an imaginary london borough very near new cross um and some completely imaginary children but i wanted to to use the the kind of counterfactual power of fiction to 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 bring them back and and show just how much was was lost in that that tragic split second but i also wanted to to do something more complicated involving the relationship of time to eternity i wanted to write about a piece of a piece of time the time of these children's lives in a way which kept you aware in some way of the of the kind of background of of eternity that time is happening against you could see this as the background of death time is happening against but but if you are a person of faith then then what time goes with is eternity and and as blake said um eternity is in love with the productions of time and and what we see passing mortal precious brief is something that god values because it is those things i think of c.s lewis saying um that god approves of matter he invented it and the same thing applies to to time um and without committing the terrible 
and you know creatively impossible blasphemy of trying to see the world from a god's eye view there is no such thing except for god um i wanted to i wanted to do something a little strange that st that took us half a step out of our ordinary experience of time reminded us of how of how odd time is when we come to think of it as saint augustine said i know exactly what time is until anyone asks me um i wanted the kind of the the the, the strange fabric of time in in which we live to become apparent palpable in a in a in a piece of fiction and I wanted to pitch the fiction in between death and resurrection so that it can end on note which, if you are a person of faith, is is the sound of eternity consummating its love for the for the productions of time. And if you aren't a person of faith, is is just a, a kind of an elegy for 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 mortal us. For what um Philip Larkin, a great fearer of death and sometimes celebrator of life called the million petaled flower of being here the trouble is that all of this sounds extremely grand and the lives in question are are five working class lives in south london during a time of enormous social mobility and sudden cultural change there's a lot to talk about but but i didn't want to do something highfalutin i didn't want to do something where where the architecture of the book made it seem as if the lives in question had to be exceptional ones because the whole point about eternity is it's the backing for for all of time the whole point about the city of god is that is that every human city is a suburb of it every south london borough um probably not the imaginary ones is a is a is a is an outlying is an outlying suburb of, of the city of god so it's not that I wanted remarkable and exceptional lives, except that all lives are remarkable and exceptional if you look at them close up. I wanted I wanted lives that 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 lay bare the range of ordinary human experience and its richness and its pity and its terror and its humor, um, and then carry us in the end towards well towards towards something towards towards death since we're mortal creatures but possibly towards um towards life as well um i will i will read a bit i will read the i will read the last bit of the book um of the five characters this is this is ben who was once a bus conductor um and a kind of holy fool in the book someone who who lived in a, a terrible state of of mental torment he never described to anyone for a long time and then found his way towards something redemptive something something as blissful as the previous thing had been had been hellish um because he he lucked into a late marriage to a nigerian widow who ran a coffee shop um who um among other things took him off to her Pentecostal church and one of the following factors saved him um, either being rid of an evil spirit no it isn't either it's an and being rid of an evil spirit um, the generation of, of antipsychotic drugs that came along in the 1990s the love of a good woman um, being 
being given enough to do so that he he could be he could be peaceful inside his mind um and um yeah the redeeming love of god possibly um let's not rule that out um but this is this is ben at the very end of his life um in a hospice bed dying because the happy ending that these children get is that they get to live a long life many decades long and then die in this case die surrounded by love ben's room in the hospice has a window onto a small court of straggly grass two-story brick walls surround it and the sun only shines directly down into it in the middle of the day otherwise it is a shady place with a neglected square green pool and a twisting stumpy sculpture gone to moss but out of sight of Ben, there must be a path into the courtyard and therefore a, a chink at the corner of the enclosing walls, because sometimes the early light comes raying briefly from the right, low and level. It is doing it now, and the grass has dew on it. All along the line of the sun, a brilliant sea of tiny beads, a million filaments trembling with light. People say the world gets smaller when you're dying, but there it still is, as astonishingly much of it as ever. It's you who shrinks, or you who can grasp the world less, who can take hold of less and less of it, until you're only peeping at one burning bright corner of the whole immense fabric. And then not even that. Under the sheet, a tube goes into his arm, and a little pump sends morphine down it automatically. He can press a button for more if the pain gets too much. It doesn't mostly, but time blurs and moves in jumps. People come and are suddenly gone. He blinks and night has become day or day become night. He loses the thread in the middle of talking and then searching for the next words finds that he has left the conversation far behind hours or days ago. He pursues his thoughts slowly across great discontinuities like someone chasing a bead of mercury that constantly tries to split and roll away. Marsha and Ruthie and Curtis and Cleve and Grace and Addie are just putting their coats on to go. A nurse feeds him a mouthful of Fortisip and suddenly they're gone. Is that the MP? says the nurse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, says Ben, swallowing is difficult. Yes, yes it is. Addie Ojo, Member of Parliament for Bexford herself and in the flesh. And are they all your children? Says the nurse, a slight but polite doubt in her voice for obvious reasons. I, none of them, says Ben. All of them, he adds. But did he manage to say that part out loud? Suddenly it's night. Sometimes he's frightened. Sometimes everything seems to be shaking to pieces. Idea from idea, bone from bone, matter all flying apart into a broken heap and then he thinks he can hear a huge sound a rattling rolling crash he has somehow been living inside he tries to put his thoughts in order but the mercury runs this way and that the different parts of his life how they seem not to fit together but he sure really do really did how he went round and round in bexford one life and then another, different one, in the same places. The buses, then the cafe, the horror, and then the joy, his sister, and then Marsha, always on the same streets, only not in a circle, more like 
round and round in a spiral, rising in place, because didn't he, in the end, prove to be going somewhere? Oddly, after all the years when happiness meant not being able to remember what the fear was like, he can now call it to mind again easily, but without being afraid. The crystal floor to his mind is gone, but it's all right. He sees the fearful years alongside the good ones, taking their place in the spiral. An idea is in his head, the mercury consenting to be chased slowly to a standstill. Who knows if it's true? But if the different bits and pieces of his life rising, lofted as if by a bubble of force from below and arranged in a messy spiral of hours and years, then then mightn't it be the case? Mightn't there be a, a place? Mightn't there be an, an angle from which you could see the whole accidental mass composing just from that angle into some momentary order you could never have noticed at the time? Mightn't there be a line of sight, not ours, from which the seeming cloud of debris of our days, no more in order than, say, the shredded particles riding the wave front of an explosion, prove to align into a clock face of transparencies. This whole mess arose, a window. It is morning. It is night. It is morning. Ben says Marsha, holding his left hand. Grandpa Ben, says Ruthie, holding his right hand, but not as if they expect an answer. Olorun adifune, says Marsha, her lips on his forehead. Praise him in all the postcodes, thinks Ben. Praise him on the commuter trains. Praise him upon the drum and bass. Praise him at the Ritz. Praise him in the piss-stained doorways. Praise him in nail bars. Praise him with beard oil. Praise him in toddler groups. Praise him at food banks. Praise him in the parks and playgrounds. Praise him down in the tube station at midnight. Praise him with Donna kebabs. Praise him with Michelin stars. Praise him on pirate radio. Praise him on LBC and Capital. Praise him at Broadcasting House. Praise him at Poundland. Praise him at Harvey Nichols. Praise him among the trafficked and exploited. Praise him in hipster coffee houses. Praise him in the industrial estates. Praise him in leather bars. Praise him on the dance floors. Praise him on the sick beds. Praise him in the High Court of Parliament. Praise him in the prisons and crack houses. Praise him at Pride. Praise him at Carnival. Praise him at Millwall and West Ham, Arsenal and Chelsea and Spurs. Praise him at Eid. Praise him at High Mass. Praise him on Shabbat. Praise him in the Gospel Choirs. Praise him, all who hope. Praise him, all who fear. Praise him, all who dream. Praise him, all who remember. Praise him in trouble. Praise him in joy. Let everything that hath breath give praise. The sun is overhead. The sun is shining straight down. The grass grows bright with ordinary light. Ben sees the light, and the light is very good. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. 
If you are not yet a subscriber to The Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more.